0: Great to have you here on 6.30 Chad. Morning, 6.08 right now. And uh, we were talking in the last segment uh, a little bit with Morley, talking about just uh, the, the emotions and the feels of players and coaches being able to be back on the field and even sports broadcasters being able to be back at the, at the stadium to, to do what they love to do. Uh, we mentioned uh, that some of the players really seem to like the, uh, the Elks uh, antlers on the helmet. Uh, so, so, Rob... Uh, Over at Johnny's Lake, instantly goes, won't antlers on the helmets result in a lot of injuries? Okay, good one. Not bad. (laughs) Not bad. 780-496-0063. If you do want to get in on any of our conversations through this morning. You like that one, (laughs) huh, Morley? That oh, was beautiful. I'll yeah, that. I might, I might steal that. Thanks. <laughs> you're welcome. Well, Rob says you're welcome, so there you go. Uh, but we are going to talk a little bit about uh, about CFL and not so much the uh, the sport on the field, but uh, it's sort of a sport in the background because it's the economics of, of the CFL. Like it, it was great to see see the the team back on with training camp underway, because with an entire season lost to the pandemic, it certainly had people worried about the future of the league. Which look, let, let's face it. They, it has faced some pretty tough economic times in recent years, had some struggles. So during the lost season, up came this story of how the CFL and this proposed new U.S. league, sort of old league, XFL, uh, were negotiating how to work together. There was even talk of a merger of the two leagues, which certainly raised a ton of questions about you know, the unique nature of, of the Canadian game. How on earth would that actually work? Well, of course, we know that's now done. It wasn't going to work. Nothing happened. In fact, the XFL isn't even planning to play for a couple of more years if it actually gets off the ground so with all that as a background economically what is in store for the canadian football league uh, our guest this morning moshe lander who is an economist and a senior lecturer in the economics of sports and gaming and gambling at concordia university joining us here on six thirty, ched mornings good morning how are you good morning are uh, you doing well i assume a happy monday <laughs> Absolutely, CFL season's getting started. Uh, unfortunately, I'm going to have to say go, Stamps. But, uh, <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> but you know, yeah, the, it's a good Monday. You're you're allowed to just live in that sorry little world where you're a Stampede's fan. That's fine. <laughs> uh, what was your impression uh, of the talks as this all started to come out between the CFL and the XFL? Uh, even as it came out, and sure, you can sound like you you knew it all because it's 2020 hindsight now. But did you really think that was going anywhere? never this was this was like you know the two desperate
1: hollywood actors that uh put out the publicity that somehow they're together to try and raise their profile even though they have nothing in common and even though the relationship you know is not going to last but it gets you on the cover
0: of a few magazines for a few months that was exactly what was going on here well but they had to be looking at some way even if they don't merge the games which would have been just a a disaster i think for the cfl actually but uh, they could have worked together there could have been some kind of agreement some kind of you know support in marketing so yeah and, and been partners in that manner couldn't they not really, if you think about it. Neither one of them is going to try and go head-to-head with the NFL,
1: right? So now that the NFL has expanded out into an 18-week season with their extended playoffs, the fact is that they're monopolizing, say, from around August until February. So now these two leagues are going to have to try and compete for the scraps. The XFL was really looking to start right after uh, the Super Bowl right mm-hmm. and so that's going to eventually run into the CSL season And You know there's only so many days in the week especially when the CSL is now trying to do you know Thursday night football Friday night football Saturdays and Sundays there was just never a chance that these two would be able to overlap and coexist with each other So even if you can find common marketing ground the, the fact is that they, they're going to be direct rivals for the same limited number of eyeballs
0: Well, and I guess I'm still just trying to wrap my head around it and a lot of the teams either didn't like the idea or at least I'm assuming they didn't so I'm going to read into the statement that the the Edmonton Elks put out, saying that they're pleased that this has all gone away. In essence, just just that line saying we're pleased that this didn't go anywhere indicates that there were you know maybe that maybe a lot of the teams weren't on board with this in the first place anyway.
1: No, they they couldn't have been because you know. if if you're going to talk any sort of eventual merger union of these two leagues it's going to have to convert towards the american rules of football right so losing a player smaller fields the elimination of the rouge and all of those things that make it you know wonderfully canadian sort of league would have to go because there's just no way that the xfl is going to adopt canadian rules and so at that point then you know the 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 real risk of losing the c in the cfl starts to appear yeah. and don't forget that the cfl is providing a lot of roster spots because of canadian content to players that otherwise won't have a chance
0: yeah no it doesn't mean so you know i don't want to say that you're wrong that it was just a marketing point, but i just can't see why it would be considered a marketing. to me it even just talking about it diminished the great things that the cfl is or the great thing that it is the great things that they bring uh, so that doesn't make any sense to me to some extent, but view it from a different standpoint. It's that it put CFL
1: back in the news, and it had been out of the news for a year. And when it was in the news, it was for repeated fumbles. In I remember, uh, you know, Randy Rosie going to to the government and asking for some astronomical figure that was like multiple times their annual revenues uh in, in support when people were losing their jobs and at the height of lockdowns and things like that right so it, again it, it, it was putting the cfl at least in the news and if nothing else it was rallying up the canadian fan base that was saying we don't want this we want our canadian football league and yeah. so it was a way to try and create positive pub uh even though it was kind of known that yeah it's not going to go anywhere and the teams weren't on board
0: with it either okay and i could uh, oh there's could. more. To Morley wants to jump Sorry. in. yep no, yeah, it's good. I could jump in here. I just just ask you: Is there still a way you think the two sides? I know on the field it's not going to work because of the calendar, because of the rules, because of the ratio and everything else. Is there a way that two teams can work together, or the two leagues can work together, marketing-wise? Because that's where the CFL probably needs their most help. Is is on the business side of things. Is there a way that these two sides can work together to help each other business-wise? I I don't see it. I, I,
1: I can't see what the business model is. And I think that's part of the problem with the CFL is that, you know, I think that they have to kind of accept who they are. They are a niche league within the grand scheme of football. Uh, and what they need to cater to is, is the Canadian market right they've, they've tried 20 years ago, 25 years ago the disastrous expansion with Baltimore, Vegas, Birmingham and that, that was a, that was a complete mess. Uh, I think if they just recognize that look what they have to shore up is their Canadian base you've got to stop catering to the increasingly older white male demographic and start trying to sucker in the, the younger people I should say sucker, sucker. <laughs> yeah that was harsh <laughs> that was, <laughs> That's a Monday morning out uh, miss but uh, they need to suck in the, the younger fans and the the increasingly uh, diverse fan uh, uh, that makes up the canadian demographic and so i think as long as they're continuing to kind of wander around looking for uh, you know what they want to be that's what's harming their model once they kind of accept who they are and who they're going to try and cater to they can come back a little bit stronger and i think that these sort of dalliances with the xfl or things like that are trying to uh, you know convert american fans up to the canadian game it's just it, it's missed it's misplaced and
0: can I ask you how you think Bill C218 is going to help the CFL business plan? You know what? It's going to
1: help them marginally. Um, you know, if the fact is that gambling works best when you have a deep pool, uh, and that's what exists with the NFL. There's just not enough gamblers out there. Uh, That are going to make the CFL a very liquid sort of market, and so I guess kind of the analogy is if you take a look at financial markets, right? If you have markets where there's like millions of shares trading hands on a daily basis, this is where you you know you really gain your value. Um, But these lesser-known stocks that are very rarely traded and have these wild gyrations, these are the things that risk-averse people want to stay away from. And while gamblers in general kind of like a little bit of risk, they don't like crazy risk. And so again, I just don't see that there's is a deep enough market, the fact is that it's more likely to benefit, say, the NHL uh, than it is the CFL, just because of the the volume of bets that you can place and the, and the number of people that would be involved
0: in it. Uh, this bill is basically this allowing single game sports betting. It used to be you had to do a whole bunch of games and that kind of thing, but it, it does offer an opportunity for marketing. So with uh, their 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 television broadcast partner with TSN, it could probably work that way. It could work for the for the, the league itself. It could work for individual teams, and that that could still help to build up some enthusiasm for for the league. Could it not? absolutely and if listen if i'm any one of those nine franchise owners what i'm doing right now is trying to figure out how to get betting into the
1: stadium itself right the idea of getting up uh, from your seat and heading off to the concession stand to get a hot dog and place a bet on the over under in the second half like those types of things are going to be what you need to get the fans back in because if the fans realize that they have everything that they need sitting at home the cfl's a gate-driven league and if you don't get your you know bums in seats uh then then there are a lot of trouble so uh they they have the ability to capitalize on it but they need to figure out how to incorporate into the, the you know, the, the in-game
0: experience itself. Uh, what, are the, what are the opportunities? Coming out of the pandemic, you have a lost season. That, that was horrible, okay? That was not good. But uh, a lot of the theme of what I've been talking about is when there are challenges, there are also opportunities. What opportunities are there uh, both for the CFL and then for the individual teams coming out of this pandemic? You know, the
1: biggest advantage for the CFL
0: is that they have experience with crisis
1: management. Uh, you know, this is a league. It, it, honestly, this is a league that's gone from nine down to eight, back up to nine, down to eight and, you know, questionable ownership groups in Ottawa and Montreal historically and, uh, you know, a league that was characterized for the longest time with two teams with the same team name, even though they were spelled differently. Like, this I loved that, I always loved that, by the way. Absolutely. Yeah. And this is a league that knows how to deal with that, right? And so where the NBA and the NHL and the NFL and MLB, Roll caught kind of flat-footed that how do we deal with this major crisis? The CFL knows how to deal with it, and they know how to come out on the other side. And so I, I think that their greatest advantage here is to say, look, we've overcome worse. <laughs> we've overcome much worse. A lost season was partly what they're doing it was something that was kind of globally affecting sports we're going to put a quality product back on the field we have a bunch of players that have not lost a year to wear and tear and so we're going to be able to put out there what they need to do is remind fans of why they love the cfl to begin with and so they need to get out there and make sure that they just market the heck out of that league uh and and those hardcore fans will come back and they'll be able to pick up the fans at the margin
0: do you think the Elks in Edmonton have maybe a, a leg up on the rest of the CFL because of uh, the rebranding and, and the new merchandise that they have on the market, being able to go out and market themselves in a different way now? They do, uh,
1: but uh, don't forget, too, that the CFL generally doesn't have a lot of crossover fans in the way that maybe the other professional sports leagues do, right? So, you know, the Elks don't necessarily resonate outside of northern Alberta, right? You might find a fan out in Atlanta, Canada who says, I'm a huge Elks fan, but the the fact is that it's going to be a lot of the Edmonton uh, fans that just rebuy their merchandise, and that's great for the first season, second season even, but at some point it starts to kind of peter out and become just a normal sort of thing. The greatest thing the Elks can do this year is win, because nothing creates brand imaging better than a winner. And so if the Elks come out and put up, you know, a three-win season and finish dead last in the West, uh, they can rename themselves whatever they want. It's not going to overcome the fact that, you know, people want to distance themselves from losers. And so that's exactly the way that, you know, the, the Vegas Knights or even Nashville a few years ago were able to build up a following was they were successful. It was much more than just team name or team design and it's going to be the same thing that we're going to see coming up with the Kraken in Seattle. Uh, the outs the need to win and
0: that's the biggest thing that's going to help that brand. Uh, that's always true in any kind of sport and, and you're absolutely right about that but uh, I don't know if you've seen uh, w- what the team looks like on, on paper. They look really good this year so you you, you and your stampeders uh, should, should probably be uh, be a little bit worried. Uh, motion, thanks so much for your time this morning. Appreciate it. No worries. We'll catch a game at, uh, on Labor Day together.